My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello! Welcome back, Stitchers, to another awesome episode. Oh, oh, Uh, wrong word. Another amazing episode Ah, of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. So this week's episode I'm really excited about because I don't know anything about what you're going to say today. That's great. And that's a surprise to me. Yeah. So I wonder how many times I'm going to get the chills in this episode. It's insane. Yeah. She was texting me while she was doing her research this week and she's like, oh my gosh, you have no idea how crazy this is. Oh, oh, it's, it's a crazy stories for the story and the background of the movie we watched oh. based on true story. Yeah, because, oh, well, I don't want to give no. too much away, but the mo- it better be good for the movie. That's it- all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicole, what has you in stitches this week? Hey, guys, this is the coolest thing ever. So we always like to shout out people who watch us. Or shout out. Follow us. Yeah, yeah. And we got a person that shared us in their story on Instagram. <gasps> what? We got an Instagram share? Yes, we that did. That is so cool. It's the nicest thing ever. You can always do that. And that makes us feel so good. So you have no idea. Like Nicole texted me. She's like, look, we got a share. And yes. I was like, what? Yes. It's we amazing. We celebrate each and every time one of you guys says anything to us because we're so excited to connect with our community. That's what our so goal is. That's our goal. So anytime you guys shout us out, you have no idea how excited that makes us. We get really happy. Yes. Happier than coffee. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of happy right there, guys. So in the Instagram shout out was from Renee's Crafts and Crochet. Renee's yeah. Crafts and Crochet. And her, her handle is, is at Renee Crafty Crochet. Renee Crafty Crochet on and, Instagram. Yes. And she's nice. so awesome because she posts all the things that she makes. And they it, it's so cool. All her yes. projects. I was looking at her projects. She's yeah. got pants on there. I'm like, yeah. Ooh, I want crochet pants. Yes. How cool is that? That would be so much fun. And she also is a huge fan of horror movies. <gasps> yes. That it got me. I was like, yes, good, good job. So I was like, she is so our people. She She's is our mom. people. Yep. She crochets. Yep. She likes horror. Yep. She is our people. She's checking off all the lists. So welcome to the community, Renee. Yes. We are so happy to have you thank and you, thank Renee. you so much for the shout out. Yes. And Angela. Yes. What has you in stitches this week? I'm so old, people. <laughs> no, you're not. Don't say that. <laughs> you are not old. You're as young as you feel. Oh, uh, well, I'm about to have a birthday coming up here in the next few weeks. <gasps> Yay, birthday. Uh, birthday. Woo-woo. Get it, Libra. Like, after you hit 21, like, birthdays aren't that exciting That's not anymore. true. I celebrate my birthday every year. Yes, and it you gets do. longer. Nicole's birthday <laughs> celebrations are awesome. They're I so much fun. I love birthdays. Yes, So happy does. birthday soon. Thank you. Yeah. It's not yet, but it's coming. It's coming up. But I feel it. So my husband and I went out for the rare date night. Oh, you have to have those. Oh, it was so nice. Good. So the kids went to my in-laws house for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So we went out on a date. We went to a Weird Al Yankovic concert. Hey, Weird So Al. much fun. Out of all of the artists that I love and enjoy, Uh I have seen Weird Al the most. I don't know why that is. That (laughs) is so cool. That's why you're my best friend. 
his concerts are always so much yes. fun. And each time I've seen him, they've been completely different things. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, the first time I saw him was at the Greek back in mm. the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. And he did like all of his big hits at the time. And mm-hmm. it was right after Yoda had just come out. Yes. So we had the little one. kid that played Anakin Skywalker in the in the movie. Yeah. He was there? come out on stage <gasps> dressed up as Anakin with the lightsaber. What? And it was so much fun, but it was like one of his big production shows. That's so they were that's all in want. costume. Yes. They were all doing the things. You watch clips of UHF. Oh, you watch, you know, it was so that. much fun. Yes. And then I saw him in a festival called Festival Supreme that Jack Black used to put on all the yes, time. Yes, you told me about that. That is Festival so cool. Supreme. Jack Black. If for whatever reason you listen to this. Mm-hmm please start doing Festival Supreme again because it is the best. I want to go because she told me all about this and I was like, I want to go. And then they stopped, right? Yeah, they stopped doing Festival Supreme because I think he was doing Jurassic Park or not Jurassic Park. I'm sorry. Not that one. (laughs) He was doing Jumanji. Jumanji, which I love. Yeah, it was so good. I think he was shooting the second Jumanji, but he got busy with, you know. Sure. His, his life his acting life yeah okay. but uh festival supreme was the best it was so much okay well, next time if it does come back i'm coming yes i'm taking jack black I'm please bring We're festival going. supreme back yes yes it's so much fun okay so anyway i saw him at festival supreme he was a headliner and he did kind of a pared down version of you know he did like his polkas and he yes. did it was you know it's a, not a big stage big production okay. but it wasn't like minus all the costumes yes. and stuff. And this last time his concert was just, he was doing all of his original music. And so they were all seated. It was very stripped down. There were lights and it was in a small venue. Yeah. Which was still so much fun because a lot of his songs, his originals, Mm -hmm. I haven't sung or listened to since I was, you know, junior high, high school. So it brought back so many memories. I was like, oh, this is so fun. But okay, this is where me getting old comes into the way. So because I'm a big Weird Al fan, we did this whole VIP experience where we got to the theater at six o'clock because they did Weird Al trivia. And then, you know, we got like a drink ticket. So we had a free beverage when we were there before the show. And then the show started at eight o'clock. So we're there at six. Show starts at eight. Mm -hmm. Emo Phillips, who is hilarious. He's so weird. Never heard. So funny. He's a comedian. Okay. I'll have to show you Emo Phillips. He's yes. so funny. All right. So funny. Okay. So Emo Phillips opened for him. He did his set. Mm-hmm. And then Weird Al comes on probably like around nine o'clock. Okay. At this point, I'm starting to get sleepy. No, <laughs> nine o'clock hits. You had a drink earlier though, right? I did. So that probably played Didn't a lot help. into it. Okay. Yeah. But I start getting sleepy and then I start getting cold. And the concert's awesome. And he's playing all of his hits. And I'm like fighting off yawns and trying no. not to sleep. And then after the concert, we had backstage passes. Mm-hmm. So we went backstage to meet him. And the whole time I was like, well, this is exciting. We get to meet Weird Al. We get to take a picture of him. I'll have to, did I send you the picture? Yes. I'll have I to post that. that. It, it's so fun. So we took pictures with him and he signed some posters for us. And I just kept thinking, I'm like, I just want to go home. I'm so tired and I'm so old. And we get home at midnight. And then all I could do was think about how when I was younger, I would be going out afterwards. Right. (laughs) We'd be going out. Like, I'm not done. Right. And staying until two or three in the morning. And here it was like nine o'clock when the concert starts. And I'm like, it's dark outside. I need to be home. No. 
I'm sorry. I'm so old. But Weird Al, you kept me awake because it was so fun. <laughs> so awesome. Such a good show. It's always a good time. Good. Always, always, always go see Weird Al in concert. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I want to see the big production. And I think yeah, we're the big production ones are really fun. I want to do that But the one. intimate show was still like, it's, it's still Weird good. Al. Yeah. And the energy of He's the crowds that he brings, like yeah. the people in the crowds, everyone's there just to have so much fun. And so it's always just a good time. Good. So okay. much fun. Well, good. So that's what has me in stitches. That's great. You feel old, but I'm glad you still got old. out. Yeah, I'm glad I still got out. I can still do it. <laughs> I think maybe I just need to not have a drink or keep you need the drinks like a going. Caffeinated Red Bull drink or something. There we go. The- <laughs> something that keeps me up. So when so when after the tipsiness shifts yes. to sobering back up, I won't be so tired. Yes, and then wakes you up. Yeah, I like it. Okay. okay, we'll do that. Okay. So speaking of stitches, yes. are we ready to get stitching? Let's get stitching. Yeah. Okay, Stitchers. So in honor of this week's theme, we are learning a flying V stitch. Hey! So the V stitch was invented because it looks like the formation that birds, you know, when they fly in the sky, they fly mm-hmm. in a V, flying V. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's also, it also makes me think of Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. The flying V. Flying V. But yeah, so that's what this stitch is about. So it's going to be a V stitch, but mm-hmm. we're going to kick it up a notch. Okay. By doing some front post doubles around some of the V stitch to pull them out post to the front. Front double. Front post double. Front post yeah. double. See, I'm still post. learning my lingo. Okay. Front post double crochets. Okay. So this stitch works in multiples of six. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna chain multiples of six. I chained twenty-four. Okay. That's a multiple of six, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> my daughter is Hashtag learning because this math. in third grade. Yeah, because math. Mm-hmm. My daughter's learning this in third grade, so I'm pretty good on my six timetables right now. I'm good. So, okay, so multiples of six, and then you're going to chain one for your turn. Okay. You're going to single crochet all the way back, so you keep with 24. Okay. Single crochets. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to chain three, which does count as your first stitch. So that's always going to count as your first stitch. So you're always going to crochet into that chain three when you're going back against it. And you're always going to chain three. That's going to count as your first stitch. Okay. Then you're going to double crochet in the next stitch over. So it'll be 23 double crochets going back. Okay. Maintaining your 24. Because the f- chain three counts as... <laughs> I'm explaining this and Nicole's <laughs> eyes are going, what, what, My what? math is in my head. I can't do it. The okay. chain three counts as, as a, as a okay. double crochet. Got Always it. and forever when you're doing this stitch. Okay. okay. So you're going to double crochet mm-hmm. in each one of those. So that's 23 double crochets plus that chain three. three so okay. that's... Yeah. Got it. All right. We got it. We're, we're back. Okay. Then you're going to chain three again. Now we're going to do our row of V stitches. We're going to start with that chain three that counts as double crochet. We are going to do a double crochet in the next stitch. So it's going to look like you're starting with two double crochets. Then the way that a V stitch works is that you're going to skip two double crochets, one, two. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to double crochet in that next stitch, which is your third one. Then you're going to chain two, one, two, then you're going to go back into that stitch and do another double oh, crochet. Okay. And that's what makes your V. Oh, cool. 
Do you see that? I do. Then you're going to skip two. One, two. Double crochet into that third one. Mm -hmm. Chain two. One, two. And then sink another double back into that same stitch. Oh, and then I you see have your it. second V. That is so neat. Okay. So you're going to continue that pattern. Okay. Skip two, double crochet, chain two, double crochet in that same spot. That same always stitch. in that same stitch. Okay. Yes. And then skip two. Okay. okay. You're going to do that all the way down to the end. You should wind up with two double crochets. There should be four double crochets at the, at the end. Okay. And you're going to skip two and then always put two double crochets in the last two. Last two. So each row is going to start with a double crochet and a chain three or two and end with two double crochets. Okay. So you have that kind of double crochet border on each side, right? Got it. Does that make sense? Yes. Then when you get to the end of the row, you're going to chain three. And now we're going to start our front post double row. Front post double row. Say yes. that 10 times fast. Front fashion. post double row. <laughs> <laughs> the way the front post double crochet works mm -hmm. is that you're going to start with your chain three and then double crochet into that next stitch so you have those two double crochets always starting okay that row right mm -hmm. then in that next double crochet from the row before mm -hmm. you're going to do a front post double which means you're going to in you're going to yarn over insert your hook around that stitch you're going to go from the front to the back so that stitch is now front in front back. of your in front of your hook okay okay then you're going to complete a double crochet around that stitch oh my gosh okay We've done this one before. Okay. This is like in the alpine stitch. When oh, we were doing the front post doubles. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Same thing. Bring we're picking memories. baby up. Okay. We're picking baby that up. That helps. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you're going to do a front post double over that crochet. Then you're going to chain four because this is going to wind up looking like a big massive V stitch. Got it. Okay. So front post double, chain four. Mm -hmm. And then in the next front post double, which should be kind of the V that's kind of leaning away you'll see you're going to do a front post double around that ah, double crochet fun. okay so okay. it's going to look like a big tall like v. A, yes yeah okay. mm -hmm. then you're going to go into that next chain two space from the row below okay and you're going to do a double crochet cool okay then you're going to skip that next double crochet on the bottom and then you're going to find the next double crochet that's kind of leaning out to the side you're going to do a front post double okay then you're going to chain four do a front post double around the next double crochet okay then you're going to go into that next chain two space she's got this like, do a down. double crochet okay <laughs> no i'm not even looking at my notes i'm she looking knows. directly in nicole's she's, eyes <laughs> she's scaring me because this is insane how how well she knows this pattern okay then okay so you do a double crochet in that chain two space okay so you're skipping these two little double crochets in the middle here because you're working into that chain two space. Got it. So you are either on this row, either pulling two double crochets forward to make a mega V. Mm -hmm. Mega V. <laughs> a mega V. Yes. Or you're double crocheting into that chain two space between. Got it. Does that make sense? It does. No, it looks so, so that's cool. why it's it's weird to describe. But once you see it, you're like, oh, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Look at the YouTube. Yep. Yes, watch the YouTube. Because and so, it's, it's going, it's alternating constantly, right? It's alternating. Okay. Yeah, you're switching back and forth between which ones you're doing. Yeah. And then when you get to the end, you will have two double crochets at the end. I see that, and yeah. And then you sink two double two crochets okay. into those last two. And then you're going to... And you turn it? Yes, you're going to okay. chain three mm -hmm. and turn. Then you're going to double crochet into the each double crochet from the row below 
But once you hit that chain four space, mm-hmm. you're going to put three double crochets into that chain four space. Oh. So you're either doing three double crochets in a row into the double crochets from the row below. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in a chain four space, you're putting three double crochets into that chain four space. That's cool. So that's why you that's have that alternate. six yeah. from the start. Does Got that it. make sense? It does. Yeah. So it's three either in the double crochets or three in that chain four space. Got it. So you're double crocheting all the way back. And then you're going to chain one, uh-huh. turn, single crochet oh, that's all the, the way other, back. That's the other row. Yes. Okay. Single, crochet single crochet all the way back. Okay. Yes. Which I skipped that one when I was demonstrating. So I'm ah, going to undo it. Okay. Then you're single crochet all the way back. Okay. And then you repeat the pattern again. Got it. So then it will be your regular V stitch row which was you always start with two double crochets or chain three and a double crochet. Mm -hmm. Then the regular V stitch row is a regular V stitch, which means you're going to skip two Mm -hmm. double crochet, chain two double crochet in that same stitch, skip two double crochet, chain two double crochet into that same stitch, skip two. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's the V stitch row. I'm looking at it in my head. I got this. Yes. She's doing this in her head. Okay. And so after you do the V-stitch row, that's when you do that extended V-stitch row that we just went into detail about. And then you do a row of double crochet. Then you do a row of single crochet. And then you go back to that V-stitch. So that's so how this So this pattern, works. you've got to kind of really keep an eye on what you're doing. Yeah, you have to remember which row you're on. <laughs> but it, it makes sense. Yeah, once, once you start you, getting going. Once you start yeah. going, it makes sense. Yeah, and then it makes a really, really cool pattern. I, like I really it. like it a lot too. I think this would be a, a really nice summary blanket again because it's yeah <laughs> everything's a blanket <laughs> everything's a blanket everything's summary because we're in california yeah everybody exactly but it's really cool i like it would you i would you want to change colors every time yeah you can i Wouldn't think that'd, that'd be, cool? be pretty if you did this with an ombre yarn too yes. that would be really pretty oh that'd be nice okay yeah nice nice <laughs> so that's the flying v stitch and i got this from desert blossom Ooh, desert very blossom close. Yes, desertblossomcrafts.com. It's the flying V stitch on Desert Blossom. So check it out and let us know what you make yeah, with we'll, this flying V stitch. Can we put the pattern into our, our website? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we'll I'm going to do that. But look in the show notes, everybody. And then we'll also put that in YouTube. Check yes. out Angela doing it. Left handed. Left handed. All right. I'm so excited for story time. Are we <laughs> ah! ready for story time? I'm so excited. It's story time. It's story time. <laughs> Okay, Nicole, are you ready for story time? Yes. I'm so excited. Yeah. So our topic this week, I didn't want to say haunted air flights or air, you know, so this is, I'm just going to call it spooky airplane stories. Spooky airplane stories. Yes. How ominous. And Woo! what's crazy. Yes. What's crazy is I didn't know a lot of this. I'm very a horror buff and I'm very into ghosts, ghost stories and things like that. A lot of this is brand new to me. It's brand new to me too. Get your travel pants on. I have my travel pants on. Is this going to make me scared of flying though? Yes. Oh no. <laughs> I was talking to my coworker about my research and I was uh-huh. like, 
I don't know if I want to fly again now. Oh, no. <laughs> if you already have a phobia of flight. Oh, maybe this, this isn't is the warning. episode for you. <laughs> warning. Do not. This is trigger warning. Don't don't listen to this. But but uh, you remember, these flights have already happened. Yes. Already these are. This was when in the 1970s, planes weren't as made as well as they are now. Oh, see, you got nothing to yeah, fear. They've, now. they've done a lot of they did a lot better, I guess. So. <laughs> okay. okay. So first one is flight. 401. Flight 401. Okay. December 29th, 1972. Ooh. So we're back into our Christmas times. I don't know why we're centered around Christmas. 50 years ago almost. Good job. Uh, Math. (laughs) Hashtag because math. Hashtag because math. (laughs) Flight 401 of Eastern Airlines departed JFK Airport in New York at 9.20 p.m. for Miami, Florida. Miami, Miami, you've got style. If any of you guys know what that is. I have no idea where that came from. Shout out in our comments. Please let us know if you know what that's from. I want to hear how many of our stitchers know that reference. She's going to tell me later because I have no idea. I will. I'm not going to tell on the podcast. tell us. Okay. The plane was an L-1011. Okay. And this was a fairly new plane at the time named Aircraft 310. So it was new and as in it was just produced like. okay, brand new type of plane. Yeah. uh, Yeah. For this one. This plane was delivered on August 18th and service August 21st. So it had only been flying for a little over four months. Oh, so yeah, really brand new. New, new, Yeah. New plane. And it was always checked by maintenance with very minor problems. The flight deck consisted of 51 year old Donald Luis Repo flight engineer flying for Eastern Airline for 25 years. Oh, okay. Experienced pilot. Yes. Brand new plane. Yes. What could possibly go wrong? No. (laughs) And there's also 55-year-old Captain Robert Albin Loft, 32 years of flight experience, and First Officer Albert John Stockstill, 39 years old, and was a former Air Force flyer. Okay. okay, so we got lots some of experience. experienced yeah. crew. Okay, there were 163 passengers on board, along with 13 crew members uh, on the board as well. The flight was quite uneventful until they were close to Miami. Uh oh. There was a lot of air traffic that night, but as they approached a little after 11:30 p.m. and tried letting down the landing gear, alarms started to go off. Uh oh. Yeah. They kept trying, and the light that indicated it was down was not turning on okay they decided to make a u-turn and circle around while they fixed the problem they were below one yeah they were below 1,000 feet but told air traffic control they would climb up to 2,000 feet and turn on the autopilot to figure out what was going on okay okay repo was down in the uh, avionics bay a space beneath the flight deck that is also known as the hell hole oh no here's an example Oh, no. That yeah. is, ooh. I'm showing into that, a picture. That, yeah, it's I, it really does tiny. look like a hellhole. If you have claustrophobia, that is yeah, not the not place, the place you for you. The other two were trying to fix the light that indicated the landing gear was down and were not succeeding. Okay. At the airport, while all the commotion was happening in the flight deck, the approach controller noticed the blip of Eastern 401 on his radar screen. And remember, they were supposed to be climbing up to 2,000 feet. Right. Yet the numbers read 900 feet. They dropped. They, they kept, went down 100 feet. They <gasps> kept trying to reach out to the crew. Uh, they were they were clear to come back in. But then an ominous conversation came in over the radio. Uh-oh. Stock still. We did something to the altitude. Loft. What? Stock still. We're still at 2,000, right? Loft. 
hey, what's happening here? Uh oh. Back at the airport, Flight 401's data block read CST, which stands for coast, which is shown when a beacon target is lost or becomes too weak to correlate for the radar antenna. Oh, no. Yeah. 11.43 p.m., another aircraft radioed in. Uh, Miami, this is National 611. We just saw a big explosion. Looks like it was out west. I don't <gasps> know what it means, but I thought you should know. Oh, no. Flight 401 crashed 18.7 miles northwest of Miami in the Everglades. <gasps> the plane oh. was traveling 227 miles per hour. Oh. And the left wing tip hit first, then the left engine, and then the left landing gear. Oh now, thankfully, gosh. right after the crash, there were survivors starting oh. to move together in the swampy marsh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 25-year-old flight attendant Beverly Raposa was drenched in jet fuel, but was able to free herself <gasps> from her jump seat and piles of debris. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine? I No. 25 being, years old, too. 25 years That's old. pretty young. Being doused in jet fuel. And I'm like, I'm going to be on fire yes. any second now. Yeah. I would just take all my clothes off and be naked in Miami. Hey. That's uh, I would probably do the same thing just because yeah, that would be the safest be, thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, she crawled through the darkness and rallied passengers who survived the crash. Good for her. Yeah, she had strong survival instincts. Yeah. yeah. So she said, I think personally, I was just as frightened as anyone else. And I knew the possibilities, but these were my people. They were my responsibility. And this was my job as a flight attendant. Wow. Yeah. She nice dedication to the work that yeah. you're doing not That's panicking not freaking out she was ready to help everybody wow yeah she's awesome she's amazing amazing to, amazing to help with the shock of it all she led the group of survivors she found in singing christmas carols what yeah oh i can see you doing that so she yeah she's a <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i right? would do that that would be just me. like that's your instinct to like okay let's let's calm everybody down yes yeah, let's, let's do something sing fun. some songs yeah, yeah. now robert marquis and a friend were collecting frogs in the everglades in an airboat when he witnessed the crash oh wow yeah he was the first person to the scene of uh, of the crash to help rescue people the u.s coast guard was there soon after the aftermath uh-huh. 75 passengers and crew survived the initial crash and 103 perished. Some uh -huh. of those survivors of the crash, they were survivors, but they unfortunately, their wounds proved to be too fatal. Oh. Yeah. What exactly caused the crash? Yes. What happened? Yeah. The investigation concluded that halfway through the U-turn when they were trying to fix the landing light, Stockstill put the airplane in autopilot and for 80 seconds maintained the level flight but then it dipped 100 feet, then began to descend so gradually that it was not perceived by the crew. So they didn't even notice. Oh, because they thought they were on autopilot. They and felt they like they was, were at 2,000 yeah, feet. And they thought they were 1, just 000. still cruising. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. And the environment, so they had no idea. They had no idea. The environment was so filled with alarms and bells that they did not hear the altitude warning after losing another 250 feet. Oh. They're panicking. They didn't even notice. Oh, no. What's sad is the landing gear was found to be in the down and locked position. So all of this was caused by two burnt out light bulbs. Oh, my gosh. Right? I'm like pulling away from my <laughs> mic because it's so loud. It's devastating. Oh, yeah. light bulbs. Light bulbs. All of that chaos. And, and yeah, it's insane. 
Oh. Soon after, there was speculation that several parts of the L-1011 aircraft were salvaged from the crash site mm-hmm. and were returned to the manufacturer to be reused in other L-1011s. No. Nope. What? No. Hashtag nope. <laughs> Doing this caused flight passengers and crew members to witness ghostly sightings <gasps> of the perished crew of Flight 401 all in 1973 and 1974. Whoa. Here are the stories. Yay. Oh, I've got chills already. Pre-chills. Okay. A boarding crew at JFK noticed Captain Loft sitting in the flight deck in his uniform. The crew talked to Loft for a few moments as they didn't know who he was, but then disappeared in front of their eyes. The crew was oh. so shaken that they canceled the flight. Oh, my gosh. Right? Whoa. Like, can you imagine being that traveler on that flight ready to get on the plane? They're like, oh, we canceled the flight. And they're like, why? Why? But they're they probably like, didn't know. Because a ghost? Because a ghost freaked us out. Isn't that crazy? Would you be mad as a passenger I would be, for that flight? Because they wouldn't tell you. I'm sure yeah, they wouldn't they say, wouldn't hey, that's, there was a ghost. That's why we can't fly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we'd be, you think they're crazy. So then you probably even tell you that, that, you know, the plane had some, had something some issues. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be okay. But if you knew that it was a ghost and that's why you weren't flying, would you be mad? Would you be like, no, no let me be on the plane. No, I would be like, cool. I'm going to be on the next flight. Yeah, I would too. Cause I yeah. feel like that ghost would be an omen. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get on that flight. No, no. Okay. Next. Okay. Next. Faye Merriweather was an Eastern flight attendant preparing for a flight. She saw a man in an Eastern uniform in the galley of the plane. When she called two of her crewmates to confront the unknown man, one of them, a flight engineer, recognized him immediately. (gasps) Now deceased Donald Repo. Oh, Repo. As soon as he acknowledged Repo, he vanished before their eyes. Wow. Oh, chills. 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 I got the chills too. So I didn't shave on purpose because I know (laughs) if I shave on days that we record, it's just going to mess everything up. So, wow. I didn't even think of that. I just did because I, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, um, Nicole's like, I didn't shave I didn't today. I'm like, today. It's pretty I know smart. I'm good job. Good, good memory on that one. All right. This one's short. A flight engineer saw Don Repo, and Repo told him he had already done the, free, the pre-flight checks, then poof, vanished. Repo, don't lie. This, you didn't do the pre-flight checks yeah, on he this did. one. Repo was like, I'm going to do this for you. I'm done. Because <gasps> he wanted it to, he's trying to he's protect them. Working. Yes. He's still working. Yes. Oh, Repo. He's, he's being a good, yeah, he's being a good man in, in, after, after death. Good ghosty. Oh, okay. gosh. During a flight from Atlanta to Miami, a crew heard knocking from the avionic hold. They opened the latch door and they saw the face of Repo looking back out at them. Dude. Still there. It's like hanging out. Hey. An Eastern flight captain reported he was going through his pre-flight routine when he saw a familiar face. Friend, Captain Robert Loft. So Loft and Repo. They're they're everywhere everywhere. all over these planes. Yep. He had been there to ease his worries that there would never be another crash of a Lockheed TriStar because, quote unquote, we won't let it happen. Oh my gosh. Yep. This is so good. So you're not, I wouldn't be scared of flying. You have these they're, ghosts they're, that they're are protecting. protecting you. They're there to help. Oh, my heart is so full right now. Aww. It's so sweet. I get chills. And I got, so. well, yeah, I got chills too. Yeah. But also like such a sweet warmness in my heart. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's so nice. There's so many of these stories. 
Okay, then there uh-huh. was a flight attendant flying from Mexico City to JFK. This mm-hmm. one is a popular story all over the, the websites and YouTube. Okay, she saw a reflection of Don Repo's face in an oven door. Oh. And he told her to beware of fire. Oh. The engine did indeed catch <gasps> fire. What? And the pilot was forced to make an emergency landing back at the airport as this happened soon after takeoff. But thankfully, mm-hmm. nobody was hurt. Because Repo warned them. See, oh, Repo's good trying ghosties. to help. These are your flight angels. Yep. Well, I mean, again, though, the salvaged parts. That's yeah. why they're thinking they're all over these planes that are this. Because the these are planes. all different planes. Different planes, but with that's those with those supposedly parts. those parts. Wow. So they're attached. An entire Eastern cockpit crew saw Repo sitting among them on another flight. They all claim that Repo warned them about a faulty electrical circuit, which was found and repaired. Oh, my gosh. Wow. A couple more. I'm loving these stories. They're all seeing them. At the crash site, this is now not the planes, but the crash site. The crash site site in the Everglades. Yes. Someone wrote, and this was in terrible English, so I'll try to get through this. I was just frog gigging. A face looked up at me from below the surface. Mm. A woman's face screaming up. Mm. Spooked me silly. Yeah. Never been back to that place since that moment. Around here, we do our best to avoid that area. Oh. <laughs> so not the flights, but. That's ominous. The crash site. Oh, yeah, no. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't even want to go there because of alligators. <laughs> the <laughs> Everglades. <laughs> yeah. But no, they hunt alligators. Yeah. You, the Florida. Yeah. Florida. The people that live in the Everglades in yeah. Florida. They're going Alligators don't scare them. That That's scares not me, a thing. though, man. I wouldn't go out there for that. Um, the last part. There are reports of mysterious lights in the swamp of the crash area and things swim below the surface of the swamp, dressed in rags and tattered clothing. Oh. So Alligators just want to look fancy. That's, <laughs> that's what's going on. I love that theory. I didn't even think about that. Oh, man. They're having okay. an alligator party. <laughs> alligator party. This is just a small sample of the sightings, okay? Overall, wow. there were at least 20 incidents that people reported seeing the ghostly apparitions of Flight 4 when crew members on flights. Wow. Yeah. They were so frequent that there was a report published about them in the 1974 U.S. Flight Safety Foundation newsletter. However, mm-hmm. Eastern Airlines was said to attempt to shut down all the ghostly hubbub and were said to have removed all logbooks about the sightings. Why? I feel they like they're your anybody. best allies. Right? Well, they just didn't want anything else happening, canceling flights, things like that. I think they just didn't want to. Yeah, they didn't want to have that. Eastern Airlines CEO Frank Borman also wrote a book in 1980 called From the Captain to the Colonel, an Informal History of Eastern Airlines where he insisted no parts were ever salvaged from Flight 401 and that the sightings of the ghostly apparitions were garbage. Oh. Probably, though. Well, John Fuller wrote The Ghost of Flight 401 in 1978, so two years before that book was published, right. that details the salvaging of aircraft parts and ghostly apparitions. So I think he wanted to like kind of counteract it, but yeah. I think it was too oh, late. Oh, come on. Yeah. You should embrace it at that point because those ghosts were helpful. They were really nice. Yes. They weren't trying to scare people just to scare people. Yeah. Right? And how that's a, I think that that's a pretty cool angle to have for your airline to yeah. be like, we have people trying to help. We not only do we have friendly skies, we yeah. have angels friendly, watching over yes, our planes. Exactly. But no, they just the wanted to shut it down. Sky. Angels in the sky. I like that. 
Don Repo's own son, Jay, though, believed the sightings of his father. Of course. He claimed that he inexplicably found a pair of Eastern Airlines wings in a Miami hotel room, which he took as a supernatural visit from his deceased father. Oh, that's sweet. That's so sweet. After 1974, no more reports of apparitions came up. This could be due to Eastern Airlines admin telling employees to stop reporting or they would be let go. Or maybe the apparitions moved on. Uh, I do know that the original floorboard, though, from Flight 401 can be found (gasps) in the archives at History Miami in South Florida. And some say the piece is cursed. (laughs) <laughs> that's so cool Isn't that crazy i want to go okay have you been to miami airport no i i was born in florida but i've never been to miami oh i was born in tampa tampa and i was only there for four years yeah so so i've been to the miami airport on my way to belize oh when wow. we were when engaged okay. so that was when we were going to get engaged i didn't know we were getting engaged that's a whole Aww, other story yeah but we were going to belize okay and when we were walking around the miami airport they have this artwork all over the walls that mm-hmm. it's just it's fish that have been stuffed and they're all over the place weird is so weird stuffed fish stuffed fish what? everywhere it's like taxidermy they're, like yeah yeah ugh. they're beautiful sure. and it's art and it's you know it's it's beautiful it's taxidermy right <laughs> but just fish everywhere and creepy like we were there like kind of in the middle of the night we were exhausted and it was it's always going to be a hilarious memory to me to see all these stuffed fish everywhere so <laughs> over the airport. Yeah. okay and then part of flight 401's ruins can be found in ed and lorraine warren's occult <gasps> museum in monroe Connecticut, connecticut yeah ed and lorraine got a piece of the action wow see it's that haunted Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Lastly, about this flight, I wanted to add this in because this was really cool. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the crash, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is a memorial that will be placed on a grassy median of Curtis Parkway in Miami Springs, Florida. There will be a special dedication ceremony to honor the perished and soul survivors on December 29th, 2022. <gasps> yeah, we should go. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's go. There is also a donation site, www.plainsafe, like airplane, plainsafe.org. And you will want to notate it is for Eastern 401 if you want to donate. Oh, that's very so sweet. cool. You know who all, who set this all up? Who? The flight attendant. And that is Raposa. Oh, the 25-year-old? Beverly Raposa. Beverly Raposa? Yeah. Beverly, you are awesome. She, she though, a lot of my info came from a website where she set up everything. So she put in all the details. It's pretty insane. Like Because math, she's about 75 right now, huh? Because she was 25. 25, yeah. <gasps> Look at me. <laughs> Hashtag because math. Hashtag because did it. So that was Eastern Flight 401. Wow. All right, next. Yes. Flight 191. 191. This is the one I think I was trying to tell you about when I first, we were talking a couple weeks ago, a week ago. Okay. Okay, May 25th, 1979. Okay. 258 passengers and 13 crew members board American Airlines Flight 191 at the O'Hare International Airport in Chicago, Illinois. Chi-town. I haven't been there either. You haven't been to Chicago? I want to go there. Yes. Chicago is cool. Okay. I'm sure it's really haunted. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sure it is. The flight is nonstop to Los Angeles, California. Hey. At 3.02 p.m. They receive clearance for takeoff. 5,000 feet down the runway... The aircraft reaches 175 miles per hour, but suddenly on the left wing, the engine and the pylon, and I didn't know what the pylon was, so I read about it, but roughly 9,000 pounds of equipment and a pylon is the piece that connects the engine to the wing. Okay. Okay. 
separate from the aircraft. Oh, no. And fall onto the runway. Oh, no. Yeah. White smoke bellows from the airplane, but it continues. It didn't see it. The the, the uh, flight. They didn't no. notice. The didn't see it. They didn't feel like it fall. Nope. Air traffic controller radios the plane asking if they want to come back in, but no answer. Oh, what? Unfortunately, the flight, the flight crew cannot see the wings and engine from the cockpit and they proceed with the takeoff. Oh, no. At 6,000 feet on the runway, there's about 6,000 feet out, you know, right? still going on the runway. Right. The plane starts to lift, reaching an altitude of 300 feet above the ground and wings are fine and level at that point. But suddenly mm-hmm. the aircraft starts to bank, bank left and continues to roll until the wings are past the vertical position. Yeah. The plane is going not going fast enough to stay in the air and the electrical power cuts out so the flight crew does not hear any warnings about the stalling aircraft and the plane descends. Oh, no. At 3.04 p.m., flight 191 slams into the ground with its nose pointing downward into an open field 4,600 feet northwest of the departure end of the runway. The plane is demolished upon impact and it explodes. Oh, sadly, there are no survivors. Oh, do we have a picture of that? It's it. Yeah, it was. It's very sad. Sadly, two people on the ground were also killed and two more suffered second and third degree burns when they were hit by burning jet fuel. Oh, like I said, no survivors. Oh, because of the intensity of the crash and the fire, the carnage was so horrible and it that it made the identifying of the victims unusually difficult. Oh. <gasps> Oh, my gosh. Crazy burns. Also, the crash destroyed an old aircraft hangar, several cars, and a mobile home. Oh, I hope nobody was home at that time. Well, remember, it it did kill two people on the ground. They could have been in the hangar, I think. That's what they said. But yeah. The investigation of the crash found why Flight 191 suffered. Saving money. Remember our brand? Uh, yes. Yes. Same situation. Okay. People. Yeah. You um, cannot cut corners. Cut, Don't cut corners. corners. Especially when you're building a, a plane or like fixing a plane. So, <sighs> yeah. American Airlines ignored McDonnell Douglas's instructions. And I didn't know who this was. It's an aerospace company that is. Now, I know. MacDuck. I didn't know. Yeah. And my dad used Boeing, to work right? for. Yeah. Okay. My dad worked for MacDac. <laughs> That's what we call it. Nice. MacDuck. And then when Boeing took it over, he worked for Boeing. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. So shout out to McDonald's. Yeah. McDuck. They told American Airlines during a maintenance procedure, they said American Airlines had to take off the engine before detaching the pylon in order to service it. But removing the engine and the pylon as a unit saved about 200 man hours per aircraft. Oh, so American. Th- yep. Come on. On for that particular aircraft, American Airlines decided to use a forklift to remove and reattach the engine, which wasn't precise enough without risking damage. Oh no! Also, the pilots lost control because the hydraulic lines that powered other critical systems were severed when the engine and pylon broke away. So the pilots had no idea what was happening. Right? <sighs> so, side note: it's looking at where the engine fell apart, I'm showing Angela this picture. It really makes me nervous. How current flight and planes remain today because look it's just this tiny piece that's why we do the pre-flight checks make sure everything is yeah good to go that's crazy scary it's very, very so scary. Oh, it's heartbreaking yeah okay on to some spooky stories yeah first actress model singer adjunct professor which hey! I, I don't know where that was Lindsay wagner 
Okay. Known for her role in the bionic woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was supposed to be on flight 191. Oh. However, uh-huh. she claims that 10 minutes before they were to board, she had a psychic flash that warned her of disaster. What? She begged her mother to change their flight. And an hour later, she learned about the disaster. <gasps> this is like the... I told you. Yeah, Final, final destination. destination. So I'm guessing they got that from her. Oh, that's crazy. Isn't that insane? So she knew it wasn't going to, you know, but nothing happened to her like Final Destination. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. Thank yeah. God for that. And she didn't get visited by yeah. the FBI agents. Nope. Like, Nobody how else. did you how did you know? know? Yep. Nope. But she, that's what she claims. Wow. These next details come from ghostresearch.org. And they claim that the Ghost Research Society was the first paranormal group to ever investigate and visit the crash site of Flight 191 in June of 1979. May 16th. Okay. Average Joe David Booth of Cincinnati, Ohio had a dream. Okay. Remember, the crash happened May 29th. Right. He recalled, quote unquote, I'm looking out to my right over a field and there's this great big jet and it wasn't making noise that it should. It wasn't a feeling of impending doom or that it was going to crash or anything. It just wasn't making the sound that it should. It just turns with its wing up in the air, goes on its back, and then it goes straight into the ground and explodes. <gasps> when the explosion would begin to die out, that's when I would begin to wake up, he said. Oh, wow. The next night, he had the same dream. Wow. He woke up and discovered he had been crying in this one. Oh, no. He knew it he was going to happen. As the week progressed, the dream repeated every night. Wow. Tuesday, May 22nd, David had the dream for the seventh night in a row, and he decided to act upon this. Yeah. He called the Cincinnati office of the Federal Aviation Administration, where he talked to facility manager Paul Williams. They discussed what type of plane it was, and afterwards, Williams asked David to search his dream to retrieve more information about the plane. Yeah. Finally, Williams was able to identify it as a DC-10 because the airplane had an engine on the tail rather than in the tail. Just with oh, those details, yeah. he was able to tell him what kind of plane it was. Wow. At the start of the Memorial Day weekend, David had the dream for the 10th time, and he had a feeling he would never have the dream again. Oh, my God. He went home early from work that day, and it was 4 p.m., 3 p.m. in Chicago. Oh, I'm getting chills again. And then also, this is another episode where we can count all my oh, my goshes, because I keep... <laughs> I like to, to yeah. scare her. Yes. <laughs> so when Williams just received the news from Chicago at that day, you know, yeah. he realized what David Booth described was this disastrous event. Uh, when David found out what happened, he emotionally fell apart and called yeah, Williams. I would too. Mm -hmm. Williams tried to assure David it wasn't his fault because he blamed himself for not getting enough information to stop the disaster. Well, yeah, I'm sure he has some kind of guilt associated with that. He's I mean, dreaming he about it, it was constantly. Yeah. And he was like, so emotionally affected mm -hmm. In during the dreams. The dreams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is heartbreaking. So that's a this creepy. This whole one is heartbreaking. Yeah, that's a creepy story about him predicting it. Now, within hours of the crash at the Oasis Mobile Home Court, which was next to the crash site, was like really, really close to it. Remember, one of the right, mobile homes. Right, one of the mobile homes. Yeah. Yeah. Residents claimed to hear knocking and rapping sounds at their doors and windows. What? Some of these residents were retired and off-duty police and firefighters. They would open their doors to find nobody was there. What? 
The dogs in the trailer park would constantly bark at the empty field where the plane had gone down. And when owners checked outside, there was nothing there. Oh. Now, apparently this continued for weeks and months, escalating to the point where doorknobs were being turned and rattled. Residents would hear footsteps approaching their trailers and sometimes seeing apparitions. Wow. They're trying to get help. They don't know where they are. Oh, chills again, Nicole. (laughs) A few residents opened their doors to find a worried figure that would say he had to get his luggage or had to make a connection on their front porch. But when the figure would turn, it would vanish. Wow. (laughs) I've got chills. (laughs) She did a little shimmy. That's what I'm laughing at because she had chills. This caused a lot of residents to move out of the park. Well, yeah. 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 And you're like, I'm done. With, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. But new residents that replace the old ones would also report strange occurrences. Oh, wow. So it just continued to happen. A story I found across many websites state this one very specific sighting by a man walking his dog near the crash site. He is approached by a young man who tells a dog walker he needs to make an emergency phone call. The man appears to be steaming, smoldering, and the dog walker chalks it up to the man possibly running out at night. Right. So he might just be really sweaty. Really sweaty and hot. Steaming in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. But the man also reeks of gasoline. Oh, no. When he turns to point out a nearby phone booth, he turns back to face the man, but he's gone. <gasps> Vanished. Oh, wow. Yeah. He had heard stories from others about the moans and cries emanating from the 1979 crash site and never believed them until he came across that strange vanishing man. And then oh, he was a believer. He's like, okay, this is so real. Never mind. Yep. Travelers coming from O'Hare Airport have also reported seeing a young man making a phone call from a phone booth close to the de- departure gate of Flight 191. Oh. They see him take a few steps after finishing his call. But then they he vanishes right before their eyes. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, crazy. The Illinois Ghost Society tried to gain access to the physical site of the crash on its 34th anniversary of the event in 2013. But unfortunately, they were turned away because the security said they get so many requests from other paranormal groups to access the property. But it's only open to family members and a canine training facility nearby. However, they still investigated the surrounding area and came up with some really creepy EVP experiences. You can check it out on their website. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm so going to do that. Yeah, I don't want to give it all away, but there's some pretty creepy EVP recordings they got. Yeah. Did you listen to them? Um, I just read what they were. Oh, okay. Because they said, like, Uh at this point, I heard this and it was, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, I mean, I I wonder. What was the website again? Oh, so you just just Google Illinois Ghost Society. Illinois can, Ghost Society. And yeah, I'm you sure can you can find EVPs. Yeah, yeah Ooh, for cool. Flight 191. So that that's all I have for that. But that's awesome. It's it's so heart wrenching, mm-hmm. but and spooky all at the same time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely energy that's just been like they're you know, stuck. Stuck. Yeah, they're totally stuck. Yeah. Which is really, really, really heartbreaking. Yeah. After all this, these yes. two flights, because I don't have any, I have two airplane ghost stuff that's, that's a little bit lighthearted, but um, I started looking up airplane crashes <laughs> and <laughs> just to be safe, guys, they're like, they showed a chart and like definitely no airplane crashes. So things are safer. Yeah. Things are safer. This is in the seventies. Yeah. You're more likely to get in a car accident than a plane crash now. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah so don't get too scared of flying on a plane <laughs> but it did make me a little scared because i was just like oh okay that can happen at any point yeah well we already talked about you had you know plane phobia after yeah. watching final destination yes the first and now time. now i get it again so, <laughs> no i'm a, i'm better i'm better thankfully i won't be on a plane until december so we'll be okay okay all right the next one is this is kind of fun. I didn't even know this. The Spirit of St. Louis. Yeah, the Spirit of St. Louis. I didn't know this. Okay, yeah. maybe you don't. In 1953, uh-huh. Charles Lindbergh, who famously made the first successful solo crossing of the Atlantic by air, wrote a book called The Spirit of St. Louis, where he mentioned a supernatural encounter. Ooh. Did you know this? No. Okay, I didn't know this at all. So I this was kind of cool. This is a very short story. Okay. So Lindbergh recounts that approximately 22 hours into his flight, he was aware that he was not alone. What? Describing ghostly presences, vaguely outlined forms, transparent, moving, riding weightless with me in the plane. What? Lindbergh felt relaxed and at ease with the spirits, though, as the voices apparently sounded familiar and they had given him advice and reassurance, although he couldn't make out exactly what they were saying. Oh, so he had guardian angels with him. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. After an hour, the spirits faded. His grandson, Eric Lindbergh, said he saw something that he couldn't explain. Eric is aware that it may have been a fatigue-induced phenomenon since Charles had been in the air for more than 24 hours. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Okay. But regardless, Charles Lindbergh was so convinced of potential alternate realities because of this event uh-huh. that he started studying strange phenomenon. Oh, yeah. cool. He wanted to visit India to study the yogis who could survive without breathing. But World War II happened and stopped his travel plans. This strange experience changed his concept of life. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I saw that's that. I was crazy. like, whoa, I didn't even know that. But, you know, again, that's why it's like taken with a grain of salt because, again, he was flying for so long. But but it changing, impacted him yes, so much that he's like, OK, so my concept of reality is shifting yeah. because of this experience yeah, I had. Exactly. Whether it was fatigue induced yeah. or if it was real. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's cool. So Charles Lindbergh, he believes in alternate realities. Hey, my last one. Oh, okay. Last story. B29 at the Castle Air Museum. So I don't know where this is. You can tell me. The Castle Air Museum is in Atwater, California. Where's Atwater. It? Yeah. Mm, Where's Atwater? I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll have, have to look, to look it, up it up. Yeah. California is so big. I don't know where everything <laughs> is. Okay. This is named after General Frederick, Frederick Castle, who was killed during World, World War II. I can't talk today. World War II while on his 30th bombing mission. They were in Belgium en route to their target when his plane lost an engine while leading a 2000 aircraft bomber formation. He was forced to drop from the lead of the formation and then was attacked by German fighters. But all of this, he was awarded the Medal of Honor posthumously. So there you go. A little info that you probably didn't know. Yeah, didn't know. No. Good, good to get a little dose of history in yes. with our I learned something stories. new every time I do research. It's so much fun. The Castle Air Museum spreads across 25 acres, and they have a wide variety of aircrafts. Some vintage military aircrafts that date pre-World War II to current crafts. Cool. Yeah. That sounds like such a cool place. Right? My dad would love this place. Oh, your dad would love yeah. it. Yeah. They even have a, a VC-9C presidential aircraft, which is also known as Air Force One. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. You can tour this on weekends and that this one served President Ford, Carter, Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Clinton, and George W. Bush. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think the Reagan Museum also has a The aircraft. Reagan Museum has Air Force, Air Force, One. Force One, yes. Yeah. That you can walk yeah, into. Yeah, which I did. It was cool. like tight. 
but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this one also has them too. Besides aircrafts, they also hold a collection of other military artifacts like military uniforms, cockpit simulator, photos, equipment, etc. Many of the vintage planes need a lot of restoration. One specific craft that was used in World War II needed some TLC. The Boeing B-29 Super Fortress was considered to be the most revolutionary of the propeller-driven heavy bombers utilized in World War II. It was approximately 99 feet long. Whoa. Yeah, and flew at speeds of over 350 miles per hour. Wow. Huge. Yeah. The craft had to be manned by a crew of 11. That's how big it was. Oh, jeez. And had four propeller-driven engines. It also had a computer-controlled fire control system that could remotely direct four machine gun turrets. I love that. Whoa. Now, this particular B-29, a.k.a. Raisin Hell. Raisin Hell. That's its name. It did 54 missions over Korea, was hit by an anti-aircraft three times. Oh, my god! And even shot itself once. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, no. Now, Raisin Hell had to be reconstructed through the piecing together of other B-29s and supposedly has a different tail, wings, and fuselage. During the restoration and soon after, odd occurrences started to take place. Uh Uh-oh. Noticed by staff and visitors. Someone had called the museum to alert the staff that lights were on in the B-29. Oh. But at that time, it was still in its restoration process and there was no electricity or bulbs on the running lights, but the witness saw they saw them all on. Oh. So it's still Ghostly lights. Yeah. Some have noticed the propellers rotating as well, even though they are locked into place. What? How does that happen? Ghosts. (laughs) Hatches have been reported to close and open on their own accord, and the co-pilot windows open and close mysteriously. What? (laughs) Things are moving. Now, there are different accounts to this next story. Some sites say that there was a corroded dog tag found in its tail section during restoration, and the only word they could read was Arthur. Arthur. Which happens to be my dad's name. It is your dad's name. Okay. (gasps) Other sites say someone brought an Ouija board to the museum to talk to the spirit on the B-29, and it had spelled out Arthur. Arthur. Wow. Oh, chills. Oh, chills. Oh, chills. Yeah. Whatever is true, though, there is an eerie shadow-like figure that has been seen moving <gasps> about the fuselage. Arthur. And now people refer to this figure as Arthur. Oh, what? Yeah. There have also been reports of knocking and banging at random intervals when no one is present in the aircraft. most of the time the unexplained occurrences happen when all the battery and power is drained from nearby buildings oh yeah they're gathering all the energy so they can do the haunties (laughs) i love it i I love it chills everywhere Uh, i got chills they're multiplying (laughs) and i'm losing control oh sorry random song break no it's perfect a few paranormal groups have tried to investigate the spooky happenings on the B-29. Uh-huh. And one group claims they received Morse code on their Geiger counter. Ooh, yeah. that's cool. Right? One of the military pers- uh, one of the members, sorry, of the particular paranormal investigation team was formal military personnel and knew that it was Morse. Oh. Yeah. 
This leads to the speculation that maybe Arthur, if that's the spirit's name, was possibly a radio operator or maybe worked on the base and served on a B-29. Oh, Arthur. Yeah. The most talked about ghost story in Raisin Hell. Uh Uh-huh. This one's creepy. Uh Uh-oh. One of the gentlemen that was restoring the vintage craft was working in the cockpit. He was there alongside another worker. So it was just two of them. Mm -hmm. He had asked his co-worker to hand him a wrench and he felt the wrench placed into his outstretched hand. After working for a few seconds, he looked up and noticed his co-worker was nowhere near him. (laughs) He discovered shortly that his co-worker was outside smoking a cigarette and could be viewed from the window. Oh, no. Who was assisting the workman to restore the aircraft? It was Arthur. Some claim it's the friendly ghostly figure of Arthur. Arthur, the friendly ghost. (laughs) Hey, but at least it's a nice presence. So this is a picture. I put a small picture of Raisin Hill. Oh, I love that. It's a pretty big, big plane. Yeah. Ooh, that's so cool. And that concludes spooky. airplanes i love it spooky airplane time yeah. that was such a good story time so many chills so right? many thrills yeah don't be afraid of planes don't be afraid of planes because if you have reused plane parts they're gonna help you and you're gonna have a good flight that's your that's your that you, that's, that's my takeaway <laughs> <laughs> that's what i learned the moral of today is that if you have reused plane Par- plane parts, parts on your yeah. on your plane don't be scared of the ghosties okay. they're gonna help you yeah yeah they're, they're helpful ghosts oh that was so fun today yeah thanks nicole you're welcome are we ready for movie time this is the best part yes movie time movie time Okay, so t- for today's movie, we watched Flight 7500, That's correct? That's right, Flight 7500. So here's some info about it, okay? Yes. Released in 2014, IMDb rating 4.8 stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty low. Yeah. Synopsis. Flight 7500 departs Los Angeles Inter- International Airport bound for Tokyo. As the overnight flight makes its way over the Pacific Ocean during its 10-hour course, the passengers encounter what appears to be a supernatural force in the cabin. That's it. <laughs> I know. They don't give a lot. The cast is Leslie Bibb, Ryan Quentin. I love Leslie Bibb. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Quentin is from True Blood. That's where I recognized him. Amy Smart and Jamie Chung were... The, the biggest billfolds. Yes. So I so I don't know why this happens, but I've been confused for Amy Smart before. I've people have thought that I was Amy Smart before. That's right. You were telling me yeah, that. Yeah. So anytime she's on a movie, I get really excited because I'm like, hey, that's me. <laughs> Even though I don't think we look a lot alike, but it's happened enough I where I'm like, that. okay, I guess I don't know. I she's way prettier than I no, am. But yeah. No. You're prettier in a different way because I think she's pretty. <laughs> But I think you're prettier. Oh, like, Nicole. Yeah, that's, that's you crazy. have to say that. You're my bestie. No, that's not. I don't have to say <laughs> that's that. Not that's true. not true. Not I will be honest that. with her. So Okay. I know you have a big, long thing that's going to make this movie cool for me. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Just a quick tidbit and then okay. I'm going to launch into this movie's background. Okay. Because okay, I want to tell you. So I recognize. Okay. So Amy Smart. Yes. I love. And then the guy who played Turtle 
in Entourage. Mm. He was in it. So he he was the the husband of oh, the annoying woman. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, what I got from this movie mm-hmm. is that you have these terrible characters that are oh, developed no. really poorly. <laughs> And for some reason, you're supposed to care about them because you know they're going to be the main characters. Right. But they, they all dive have into the terrible stories. stories. Yeah. They all have very, very stereotypical kind okay. of relationships with each other. And right. you're just like, none of these relationships am I interested in. Mm, I can see that. Right. And yeah. I'm just like, Meh, okay. So they kind of spend some time developing them. And then something happens that kind of makes this movie turn towards like oh it's going to be like a scooby-doo paranormal kind okay. of a thing yeah right yeah. so you think the movie's heading in that direction so we're on like a paranormal mystery kind of thing mm-hmm. and then it turns again to like oh maybe this is a horror movie mm-hmm. because events start happening that make it turn into more of a horror movie right and then at the very end of the stupid movie you're like <laughs> none of that even mattered do you think Angela liked this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it was so confusing. It, I'm I can like, see that. They tried to give you a lot of twists and turns yeah. to make it. Well, like, it was give like different... three different movies. Yes, it was. And then at the very end, none of it even mattered. It didn't matter. And so you're like, there's no well, point, point to this movie. Again, it was, so it was frustrating for me. Uh, okay. So a couple points. That yes. was good. Okay. I, and I'll dive in soon. Don't worry, but we'll talk a little bit here. So it was directed by, he's the, the director did the grudge series. Okay. Okay. I've never seen any of those. Right. So it's Japanese horror. So okay. He well, ha- that makes sense because there was a Japanese. Well, they were going to Tokyo. Okay, exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. But then there was also that Japanese element doll. with the death doll. Right. Yeah. I think that's where they try to give you that that kind of horror, like a different horror turn, and then yeah. it changes. The death doll was the Scooby Doo part. By yeah. The way. It was, but. Like you said, it wasn't necessary. It just tried to throw you off of what was really happening. And that yeah. sucked because yeah. it that didn't have... That could have been a cool movie. It could. I think if they went in that direction, yeah, that would have been creepier. Yeah. Like having a death doll like come to life. Like yeah. Chucky on a plane, though. They started, and you can't escape it. Right. right. So they started like three different movies they did. that could have been cool. And right. then they chose the most bizarre ending that had nothing to do with anything and nullified everything else. everything else so that's why it was frustrating well so it was supposed to be released in august 2012 yeah and then trailers were released in theaters but then it was pulled why i don't know and it's scheduled to release in 2013 but it didn't release until 2016 to video on demand Oh, so that's probably why this movie isn't very good. <laughs> they were probably reviewing and go, oh, wait, this isn't a good movie to show in the theaters. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah. Speculation. Well, yeah, I it think wasn't good. I don't think many people would have seen it. I think word would have gotten out been like this it, movie is trying to be a bunch of different movies and then it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah. And OK. Then, yeah. All right. You want me to go into my spiel? Yes. I want you to make this movie I will. make sense for me. I'll try. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think this is why they, they try to make it a horror movie, but okay. So this is a big spoiler alert. Okay. Angela okay. did really well of kind of giving you hints and not giving you the whole movie, which was good. Good job. Okay. But if you want to watch this movie before you hear this, do it now. Stop the podcast and come back. Okay. Yeah. Please come back. Come back. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm going to go into so many details. Okay. This movie is loosely based on a horrific true event. Let me tell you the story. What? August 14th, 2005. Where were you in 2005? 2005. I was, I was uh, working at a college. I oh, was okay. teaching. Yeah. You were teaching, teaching at that voice. Point? Yeah. I was on my way to my grad That school. was my second year teaching at 
a university, a university where we met. Yeah, that's right. And I was also teaching at a, at a different university as oh, well. Oh, good. At my okay. alma mater. 2005. So it was yeah. pretty good. Long. Yeah. It's 15, no, is that not 15 years ago? What is that? 17 years ago. 17, 17 years okay. ago. And I was on my way to grad school. So okay. So crazy. Okay. 115 passengers and six crew members boarded Flight 522, which was a Boeing 737 plane in Lanarka, Cyprus. It was due in Athens, Greece, just a little over an hour of a flight. So it's a very yeah, short that's flight. a short flight. Soon after takeoff, the pilot and co-pilot were confused as a takeoff configuration alarm went off and the equipment cooling warning lights went on. Uh oh! They were unaware that the oxygen masks had fallen in the main cabin. Oh! The they the the called the the Helios Operations Center and the ground engineer that had performed the pressurization leak check was able to talk to them. The conversation. Okay. Pilot. The ventilation cooling fan lights are off. Engineer. Can you confirm that the pressurization panel is set to auto? Pilot. Where are my equipment cooling circuit breakers? And that was the last transition from flight 522. Ooh. After that, they couldn't communicate with anyone anymore and worried that this was a terrorist takeover. Mm -hmm. They actually sent two Greek F-16s up to investigate. Yeah, because they saw those. They saw that in, in, the the, movie. in the movie. Yeah. They were flying over the Aegean Sea when they noticed the co-pilot slumped over the controls in the cockpit, motionless, and no visuals on the captain. What? They couldn't see any passengers take notice of their planes either. They did, however, see two other people desperately attempting to gain control of the plane, and they could see the oxygen masks dangling in the passenger cabin. This is just like the movie. This is the movie. The two people were flight attendants. Uh, uh, the, sorry, was a flight attendant with some pilot training, Andreas Prodromu. I'm going to guess that's how you say it. It's very Greek. And his girlfriend, Harris Charalambus. I'm going to guess that. I'm sorry if I butchered those names. <laughs> it's the, all Greek to me. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> the F-16s were able to capture video of them and they were later identified. So that's why they knew them. Wow. Unfortunately, the plane soon crashed into the hills of Grammatico, 25 miles from Athens. Wow. After a thorough investigation, they believed that lack of cabin pressure and oxygen rendered Flight 522 as a ghost plane. The crew wow. who flew the same plane earlier that morning reported a frozen door seal and noises coming from the aft services door on the plane's right side. It was fully inspected and followed by a pressurization leak check. However, after performing the leak check in the manual setting, the settings were never set back to auto. Oh. So later it was concluded that the crew had reacted to the warning horn as if it had been a takeoff configuration warning, but they didn't realize the issue in time to put on their oxygen masks. A sudden decompression at 30,000 feet and above can plunge temperatures inside the cabin below zero degrees, which then hypoxia sets in, right. which is not yeah, enough oxygen, yeah, yeah. right? Then causes people to lose consciousness in 10 to 30 seconds without being able to reach their oxygen masks. Right. And even then, the masks weren't powerful enough to sustain consciousness for long. Right. Even though Andreas and Harris were frantically scrambling at the cockpit, the plane eventually ran out of fuel and the engine died, causing the plane to crash. That is the, the premise Spoiler, of the movie. Yeah. That's the movie. So we know in the in the beginning when the people where we're still getting the character development, the oxygen masks come down. We know there's cabin trouble. Point. They all wind up getting their oxygen masks on. And then that's where we move into the different parts of the story. Right. And this is after the guy, again, spoiler alert, the guy dies with the, who has the death doll. 
Yes. The death doll guy dies and then we get the Scooby-Doo part of the story. Yes. <laughs> so they think it was the, they blame everything that's happening, the spooky happenings, that things are ha- weird and happening. Like they see hands and things like mm-hmm. that. That's very grudge-like, by the way. Yeah. They blame it on the death doll guy. So they're like, right. trying to figure out who he is and yeah. 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 But then at the end, right. But then at the end is where you get this exact ending. So this is a real life ending. And yeah. this is how the movie chose to end was based on this real yeah. life thing. It was all a hallucination that. Yes. Those, well, they're ghosts. They're ghosts. Try And so, okay. So the death doll, I want to go into that because yeah. the death doll, they say, is supposed to take you into the afterlife. But if you if you still have something on on Earth that's holding you back, it takes a lot longer, right? Or it doesn't come for you or something weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to resolve everything. Right. Before yeah. it can come to you. Here's my problem with this movie. Okay. Do you remember? And I didn't even get her name in the movie. I had to look this up. Remember the goth girl, Jacinta? Yeah. 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 Okay. She was comfortable with death, right? Yeah. Why didn't she go away right away? I don't know. See? What was her unfinished There business? was nothing unfinished because yeah, she, she seemed she was so all like, cool with it. Yeah. She was all like, you know, death is death, death is, is part, part of life. life. And yeah. she touched the dead guy and she was all cool with it. Like, why didn't she disappear yeah. right away? And then, okay, here's other bones to pick that they okay. were throwing. Yeah. Like, so when the dead guy dies... <laughs> The dead guy. The, the dead, dead guy, guy dies. dies. Uh-huh. There's blood. And then they show everybody that touched him. Right. Somebody tried to turtle from Entourage. Yes. Tried to revive him. Right. So he had, you know, blood, blood in his, his yeah. mouth. And then the goth girl mm-hmm. touched his finger and got blood on her finger. Mm-hmm. Leslie Bibb got blood on her because mm-hmm. he coughed it all over they're her. They're very into those details, huh? Right. So they're giving you all these like bloody horror. Oh, okay. So there's a disease that's going to spread. No. No. Nope. It's a death doll. It's a death doll. Okay. So we're going to gonna try to figure out what that mystery is with the mm-hmm. death doll no nope. it's a horror movie where people are getting <laughs> hands are coming out and taken killing them from and, people yeah, yeah taken from people and then nope just kidding no nope. everyone was already dead yeah and it's hypoxia and yeah, yeah. they're it's just their ghost figuring out oh wait i really am dead, I'm dead <laughs> yeah and i had to settle some things <sighs> and when you and it was like when people were settling their things that's when they that death would come for them and i think with the jacinta the goth girl she gave mm-hmm. the person like her ghost a hug i think it's her so i'm assuming that whenever they because at the the first guy that dies, he's trying to steal a watch, right? Right. I think when he un- does, oops, I hit my mic. When he does <laughs> the, he looks at the dead guy. It's him. Oh, so he sees himself in the. And dead I think guy. that's okay. what freaks out. So I think it's yourself coming after yourself, which is insane, which is stupid. Because <laughs> you think it would be like something happened. Like, why is death portrayed in this movie so right. so terribly? Right. Like, and then the, death is the, part of life. The you know? Scooby-Doo squad. Yes. You know, they don't know they're dead until they see themselves in their seats. Yes. Without their oxygen masks yeah. on. And that doesn't make any sense. Like, why didn't. The, no, the, there's their no consistency. There's no consistency. Exactly. Yeah. And then I forgot this. So the director is Takashi Shimizu. The grudge. This could have been such a cooler movie. It could have been. There were there were cool concepts. Each one of the tangents that they started could have developed into a cool movie, a better movie. And this, this felt like a TV movie, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Like a, that's it why didn't we feel like it, it should free have been. on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it free on YouTube. Free. I think if we would have had to pay for it, we would have been really mad. <laughs> just, like a, just like our other movies. Yep. So what rating would you give this one? So IMDb gave it about a four. I'd, I'd give it a three. Three stitches. Okay. Because 
I think just like an unlike Mothman, I'd, I'd probably watch because I've watched this before. And I remember I was texting mm-hmm. you. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched this. I just don't remember it. And yeah. that's why. Yeah. Because yeah, has... it's forgettable. It's not good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely an airplane movie. Yes. Like, if that's your only option. Sure. You'll yeah. watch it. Don't watch it on a plane. No, that would be so creepy. It would be very creepy. And Final Destination. I know we, we did that for a, a few episodes back. This probably would have been a better airplane movie especially with that flight 191 story yeah but yeah we chose this one sorry well (laughs) it's interesting that there is a real story that's attached to this exactly that makes it better and makes the ending like okay because the ending is real right but if you know that's gonna happen Mm-hmm. Like, would you still watch this movie? No. Right? Because all the middle stuff makes, makes no, no sense. sense. Yeah. It was just frustrating for me. So yeah. this movie is frustrating. I give it like one and a half, maybe two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Close I mean, to Mothman. Bleh. Yeah. Mothman, I gave a three. No. Did I, did I drop that you, one you down? You dropped it with me. <laughs> we, our original recording, you gave it a three uh-huh. and then you dropped it down to a one with me. Oh, well then this is, this is a one. Yeah. I think I would watch Mothman over this one again. Oh, okay. Richard Gere. Yeah. Uh, not because of Richard Gere, oh. <laughs> but because it was less frustrating. Oh, no. I don't know. This is, they're similar in that they both missed the mark. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I give it a three because I probably another 10 years from now, I'll probably watch it again. You'll be like, oh, like, oh what's, what's this movie? This movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this looks interesting. Oh, I saw this already. So that's why I give it that. But that was fun. To, I mean, it was fun to like get through it at least yeah. to like figure this out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was an interesting enough movie to to watch for this episode. Yeah, I agree. So Stitchers, Stitchers, thank you for sticking out another episode with us. Yes. If you have any creepy stories about planes, oh, Ooh, flight, flight, scary, flight, scary stories. flight stories, please let us know. Or funny flight stories. We like funny too. Oh, yes. Or anything else that you want to chat with us about, please reach out to us on our socials. We will give you a shout out because we, we love doing that. And we will do a happy dance every time you guys get in touch with us. Yes. So you can always reach us at the ominous stitch at gmail.com. That's where you can we are. find us on all of the social media platforms. Yes. We will eventually get to you. I'm not as good at social media as Nicole is, but as soon as we find you, we definitely do a happy dance. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll get to you. And with that... We'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers.